0: Inverse Genius, episode 36, Fortnightly, Cat O'Clock. In this episode, Giles talks about affinity, Don talks about watercolor pencils, and together they discuss space sweepers. Hey, do you know you can go over to podpledge.com and search for Inverse Genius, and you'll see our Pod Pledge page. All that money goes to help support the ongoing podcasting costs, and we truly appreciate it. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of the Inverse Genius Fortnightly, where we get together with our friends and we talk about stuff that excites or entertains us, brings us delight in life. Today, it's a short roster. It is just myself, Donald. You can find me all over the internet as Walspio, well, and one of my best buddies in podcasting here, Giles Pritchard himself. Hey, Giles. Hey, Don. Great to be here. Thank you very much for the invite. Woo-hoo. Well, you know, anytime I can find an excuse to record with one of my good friends, I'm happy to do so. so <laughs> Always anyway, happy to be here. <laughs> where can you be found on the internet? Uh, you can find
1: me at Karadoc P on Twitter, and you can find me at my website, caradocgames.com.
0: Nice. Well, all right, so let's talk about something fun, and I know that you have been Up to publishing, I suspect you have something up with publishing that you might want to share with us.
1: Yes, I a couple of years ago I started sort of wanting to, um, you know, write and make my own games and. I started doing that, making some one-shot games and putting them up online, on Drive Through RPG and itch.io. And I was using Microsoft Word and Publisher to to make them. And you know, these are these are fine programs, and you know, there's a lot you can do with them. But I wanted to look more into layout programs, and obviously the um, you know the the big um, layout program in. You know that space is in design adobe indesign um, mm-hmm. but yeah it 's a kind of an expensive program to get hold of, so I had a look around at other options and at the time um a Uh, A company, um, I think they're called uh, Serif, I think. Um, Anyway, a company was releasing a a program called Affinity Publisher, and they'd already released Affinity Photo and Affinity Designer. Um, But I had a look at Publisher, and I thought, why not? I'll give this a go, see how it goes. Uh, And I've used that for the last two years. I'm by no means an expert (laughs) at at all in layout or, or even in using affinity, but I really, really like and really highly recommend this program.
0: So uh, one of the things that we don't require people be on this show, well, on any of our shows really, but on this show in particular is that you ever be an expert about something. It's just got to be something that brings you a little bit of joy, a bit of spark. So uh, what is it about Affinity Publisher that, you know, makes it easy? Is, is it great for styling? Is it, you know, just easy to export your stuff so that people can have it? What? Why is Affinity your go-to right now? Besides it, it's not break your neck expensive
1: well it, yeah it, it, first of all it's a you know as far as programs go um you know it's, it's a one-off purchase it's not a subscription or anything like that it is reasonably priced um you know they, they have yeah regular specials um w- which is fantastic uh and it does everything that you could want it to do i think you know insofar as you know for something like what I do, which is making, you know, small press uh, games and things like that, um, you know, the publisher program has, you know, you get the capacity to set up pages and master pages. Master pages allow you to sort of style a page uh, and then you can go through and set, you know, pages throughout your document. Um, to to match that master. When you alter the master, that alteration carries through all of the pages that you've matched to the master. Um, You know, you can set, you know, all of the text boxes, the parameters, you can do a lot of different effects. Uh, There's a lot of control over the characters, the kerning, the, you know, all of these sorts of things. Um, you know, placing images and and wrapping and and text boxes, and you know, all of the functionalities you would expect out of a out of a word processing sort of program. And then a whole lot more of more stuff as well. Um, and one of the things that I really, really have enjoyed, and and I I I, I bought this. I I ended up bu- I bought Affinity Publisher, um, and then I ended up buying Affinity Photo and and Affinity Designer as well. Sort of thinking I might use them, I might not. I was sort of toying with the idea of doing my own art and other bits and pieces. Um, and thought that they might be able to help me with that. But one of the things that each of those programs does, but especially with Affinity Publisher, is it has different personas. So inside Affinity Publisher, there are some buttons that you can press to get the designer persona and the photo persona. And what those things do is allow you to use brushes and effects from... Um, design and photo, but use them in publisher in your publisher document. So you can add a layer to a master page, for example, and do decorative patterns around the outside, and that decorative pattern um, becomes a a pixel layer on that master page, uh, and is then carried through all of the pages in your document that match that master page um you know there's just a huge amount of stuff that you can do with it in terms of layout and in terms of um, design and you know manipulating and making a, a document uh it's just fantastic uh, and then as you said before there's all of the export options as well you know the the capacity to export um, as a PDF, as, as JPEGs or PNGs, a whole range of different things. Uh, you can set the colours as as RGB or CMYK. You know, th- there's a whole bunch of stuff that really is useful if you're looking at publishing, uh, either printed or um, for something digital.
0: So, is this Mac or PC?
1: Uh, it has, um, it, it's a program that can be utilized on both Mac and PC. Uh, Designer and Photo are available on iPad as well. Um, Publisher is not yet available on iPad.
0: Okay, so I'm looking at this and obviously they're a Mac house first because you go to purchase it and it has Mac first and then Windows. And not only is it not a monthly subscription though i imagine they probably will have or have stuff that you can eventually do cloud services or whatever but right now i'm looking at it and it's only normally 50 bucks american and it's half price right now and so i'm looking at that going oh publisher that's 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 good yeah what does designer do the publisher and photo doesn't
1: um, well publisher obviously is is for creating documents um, you know books uh, magazines um, trifold pamphlets you know any anything designed to be printed posters all that sort of stuff um, photo is a is a photo manipulation software Um, but also has a lot of brushes and things like that that you can put in, texts and other things that you can do in that program. And Designer is meant to be sort of a graphic design program for logos and other things. Um, You know, I use Designer probably the least out of the three um, but then it's not within my sort of skill set either. So, it's one that because of that reason, I think I use it, tend to use it less than the others. But just the capacity to switch between them um, and to make, um, you know, to make these documents, to bring in brushes and and to be able to use those, to, um, you know, I I can add, um, you know, all of the various um, visual guides to the page um that are handy for positioning photos or having um text boxes snap to different things um in terms of text flow and so forth it's just yeah phenomenal program i'm really enjoying it
0: gotcha so looking at this yeah it's it's they did they did sort of point themselves directly at adobe uh, and and say you know we're going to do the things that you do Uh, and that's pretty neat so look um I was just the other day. So at work, we're doing a whole bunch of stuff with the other departments. And since we have the graphic design chops that may and, and other design chops that of the rest of the library doesn't apparently have, Chris was going through and just cranking stuff out in Illustrator. And I was like, man, I, I remember when Quark Express was a thing. <laughs> I used to be so pretty, I, I used Quark Express a lot and I was really good at it and then it sort of disappeared and it was replaced by like um, page maker or, you know, InDesign or whatever, even though it did slightly different stuff, but it was sort of things. Apparently there's a new Quark express out there that I have not played yet. So, or played around with because it looks kind of expensive, but it's a, a web design. I mean, I assume you can use it for other stuff, but it looks like it's a web design tool that, that I'm, you can design stuff up. Push the export button, and it'll export you a freaking website. So,
1: oh, nice! I don't know,
0: but I really love that that the design space is now big enough for all of these things for publisher for for photo manipulation and, and all that. That there are a bunch of companies who are sort of picking up the slack that Adobe's subscription model have left. You know, I'm using the um a a uh, an art program. That I, I may cover in, in, in a future, but like clip studio paint, uh, because I'm not going to pay for the monthly illustrator or Photoshop, you know, drawing tool is, is a drawing yep. tool sort of thing. Um, and you've got these tools. So this is sort of like a golden age for software playing, from, playing with neat stuff everywhere.
1: Yeah. And you know, like I'm making, you know, small, you know, I'm a, my company is a tiny company, you know, um, not a high amount of turnover by any stretch of the imagination um, and, you know, in order, if I was be making things through the Adobe, um, you know, suite, uh, you know, the, the licence that I'd need to, to pay for is just, it's prohibitively expensive for what I'm doing. Um, whereas, you know, affinity is a one-off purchase. Um, you know, it does everything I need it to do. Uh, and it's just a a really, really solid program. I I really highly recommend
0: it. Love it. Well, I need to quit looking at their page or I'm going to buy it. So maybe, (laughs) maybe I'll come back around and purchase it. The sale at 50% off. So it's like 25 bucks for each one of the things. Yep. I I should consider that I need a good publishing software for reasons that Nobody should care about. Okay. Uh, So I'm going to jump in and this has got me just looking at their art stuff with the photos uh, that they have. I'm going to talk about a real world, non-software based art product that I've got. And that is watercolor pencils. And I'm not even going to mention a brand because honestly, I have like three or four sets of them that I've acquired over time. And all of them are pretty good. Uh, and so the, I assume you've played around with, you know, art and watercolors and stuff at some point, right?
1: Yeah. I, I, a person. yeah, I, I, um, I love, um, drawing and, and painting. I am not very good at it. Um, but I enjoy it a lot and. <laughs> A few years ago, I got back into wanting to do watercolor painting. Funnily enough, um, that you mentioned that. And I um, got just some cheap watercolors and some cheap watercolor paints and was watching and, and following some um, YouTube videos, um, you know, some how to YouTube videos, which was really good. And, and I ended up Doing that a bit, and then wanting to, you know, sort of get some slightly better quality watercolor paper, especially. So I bought a pad of um, of watercolor paper and a a thing of the watercolor uh, little cuby things. You know, what are they called? Mm-hmm. The I can't remember. Yeah, what it's just thought. the
0: little pastels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know.
1: I uh, bought those, and and uh, they are still sitting there, looking at me uh, accusingly.
0: <laughs> <me. laughs> <laughs> well, and I tell you what, that is one of the huge reasons that I like watercolor pencils. So, I first of all, it is kind of amazing how much of a difference the right paper matters for watercolor. The, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You can't use use just the thin drawing paper or photocopy paper for n- your normal watercolor uses cuz it will get all warpy or uh, yeah, the it, it bleeds the wrong way. There's there's a bunch of little effects that can happen if you're using the wrong paper with watercolors. With watercolor pencils, I find it to be less material dependent because I have used just normal sketchbook paper and you draw it out with the watercolor pencils like it's just normal colored pencils. And then you can use even just a slight amount of water to to get special effects with it. Well, and this, I've... Go no,
1: ahead. no, sorry, I interrupted
0: And so I have found that, you know, you could, and there's several ways that you can use the watercolor pencils. So one is, Hey, I've done exactly what I said, where I've drawn with it. And then I use water to sort of smooth it out or do artificial blending or whatever it is. And if you don't go too hard with the pencils where you're drawing with them, they work that way. Another way is that you can wet the tip of your watercolor pencil and lay down some sort of thick, thicker colors. And yet a third way is if you want, you can, you dip a brush in water, hit the tip of the watercolor pencil with it, and then use it on your paper as well. And I'm sure there's two or three other ways that are viable that you can use watercolor pencils, but there's just so much versatility in those kits. And I've got a set of the watercolor pencils that are all watercolor pencil, no wood, which are really nice. And then I've got others that are, you know, the super cheap ones. And and you'll find that there's not a huge difference from, you know, this grade to that grade, et cetera, et cetera. But the ones that are the super cheap ones are not going to have ultra dense pig pig pigments. So if you're going to want, you can use those actually as sort of uh, tones or shifts that you're using with the other pencils. Whereas if you're going to want something darker or richer, you may want to get, yeah, you don't have to spend a lot. Even the Crayola watercolor pencils which I think is a thing, uh, are still pretty nice. And they're a lot of fun to play with. You can say, oh, I'm doing this and it looks horrible. Like, oh, well, it's kind of like washing. If you've ever done miniature painting or Mm. or other model making, it's magic. Throwing a little bit of water on your paper makes it magically delicious. Uh,
1: Just, you know, it's one of the reasons I bought um, the watercolor pad was, you, you were talking earlier about the quality of the paper being important with watercolor painting. Um, and the the, the the cheaper pad that I had um, you know I'd tape it down and the painting that I was doing was using a lot of wet blending so that the you you lay down water on the on a layer of water on top of the paper just a thin layer of water and then paint into the water um, and you know you get these absolutely beautiful effects it's one of the reasons I love watercolors is, is just the way the colors blend together and um, meld together and the sort of that 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 I just really, really um, love that that visual um, look of watercolor paints, but because the paper was not high quality, it was warping, it was getting lumpy. Um, there was you know it was becoming uh, burry. Um, and so yeah. getting a just a better quality watercolor pad was was I felt a, a pretty important thing if I wanted to keep doing it. Um, I did want to keep doing it. Uh, and yet it's still sitting there looking at me. <laughs>
0: stop! Stop judging me. Look away. But and so I would say that that is you know just the ability to pick it up and go and and like I'm going to lay down a foundational sketch or whatever is is a big benefit uh, of that. But you're talking about, or we were both talking about the warping of the paper. The biggest issue with the warping of the paper is if you ever get. Uh, more water than you normally would expect is a good thing on a canvas or paper rather Mm -hmm. that it will pool and it will change the way that everything moves a little bit though usually that's not a deal so one quick tip or one thing that folks should know about is if you're going to use watercolors that there are different kinds of watercolors right so if you get the soft watercolors in a tube that come out kind of like acrylic paint or whatever mm. then you can use those mix them do stuff with them immediately if you're getting the ones that are the hard water watercolors then you may to get better pigment or better use out of them you're going to want to put a couple of drops of water on those to sort of hydrate them up a little bit uh, because dry watercolors are not watercolors they're just colors <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you're, you're going to need to learn a little bit there are a variety of ways to do this that uh, are going to make it work better or worse for you in, in other ways and oh. i also i add ink to mine as well where i'll do my watercolor and maybe i will ink outline or use uh, either pins or even ink with brushes with my watercolor so yeah of stuff
1: there. I, I, speaking of I'll, I'll give a shout out i um one of the youtube channels i su- subscribed to was make a chino which is m-a-k-o-c-c-i-n-o um and she does a whole range of different art things using gouache and acrylics and watercolors but the watercolors are sort of really step-by-step walk through this is how to paint or how i do this and it's really easy to follow along um and i follow you know i i, I copied her work as she was going through what she was doing. It was she just does fantastic videos. Uh and it was one of the things that really brought me back into loving watercolors.
0: Nice. So uh Scott Nicholson did a several months over the pandemic. He was like, I'm losing track of time. So he did a daily watercolor painting. And that's that's a brilliant idea to sort of polish the skill. He got so much better as time went on and it's a a testament to practice is a huge part of everything. It's like, some like, I don't have the talent to do the thing. Well, you haven't honed that talent. And if you do something daily for half an hour, you're going to get better and better at it. And, and so that's, that's cool. And also on a previous episode, I talked about Jazza, the art channel, uh, and he did some stuff with watercolors. I would recommend. And some of it is how not to use watercolors. That's not what he calls it or even what he intends But it was Scott who told me, yes, he is using that particular type of watercolor all wrong. Uh, So don't go there expecting how to learn watercolors, but (laughs) instead learn to learn how to play with your tools and your watercolors. But yeah, that's a different episode because we've already covered Jazza. So uh, (laughs) there's that. Well, all right. Uh, I think we can move on from our watercolors and from our publishing. And let's talk about something that we don't have to do anything for except for maybe read, uh, depending on which version you're watching. And uh, let's, let's talk about uh, something we've watched. Sure. What have you watched recently, Don? Well, we both watched the same thing. <laughs> and so let's talk about Space Sweepers. Space Sweepers. Now, Space Sweepers is a, well, it's like anime, but you have actors. <laughs> and it makes no sense, but it is gloriously fun. Oh, and, and you, you, you might be able to answer some questions for me about it because, we're like, well, why, why is this the plan? <laughs> so, if you have not watched Space Sweepers, uh, we will give a spoiler warning before we get too into it. But what would you give us the summary of what Space Sweepers is?
1: Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm just going to say it's about a crew, the crew of a spaceship uh, who are space sweepers. They go around collecting. Uh, derelict ships and, and salvaging things. Um, to b- add some context, the Earth is a ruin. Uh, there's a hyper corporation that is offering a new life in their um, domes and things that are built in space and is promising a new life on Mars. Uh, Earth mm-hmm. itself is a, is a ruin. Um, and so there's, there's culture of these space sweepers, so there's big groups of these space sweepers that go around salvaging junk and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. This is about one of those crews, a ramshackle, uh, oddball collection of people who don't really get along or or used to get along, but are falling out of getting along. And um, they find, they salvage a young girl. And she is
0: important. Right. Uh, So, yeah, I think the important things here are uh, spaceships. Uh, lancing other spaceships and items <laughs> to try and do the salvage. Uh, the world and the economy is all sort of falling apart, so it seems. And the hyper rich are hyper rich, and uh, and doing hyper rich people things and living the good life while everyone else is living on a poisoned planet. And I think that's about all we can really say without getting into spoilers, which we're going to do here. I think that that if we give this warning now, we can say, all right. If you don't want to be spoiled on this, then go watch Space Sweepers and then come back and listen to the rest of this recording because we're going to talk about things.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. It, it is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this movie. So if, um, if you don't want any spoilers, uh, turn away now.
0: Right. You you have been warned. <laughs> All, right. All right. So let's get into some spoilery talk. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So um, I have one question up front that yeah, we're going to get into the big question <laughs> and then we can talk about all the other cool stuff. But one thing does not make sense to me. Uh-huh. Um, right. So the whole plan was to put this girl who is part of the tree of life or is the tree of life, but as part of the tree of life into the space station so that they can blow it up and rain rain pieces down on the earth why if she's got this growing and growth pattern is it going to be any particularly more bad for the earth if she's there when it blows up versus um just having the big thing blow up and rain uh held down upon the earth
1: i i might be missing something i thought she was to be taken to mars and help recolonize mars or make mars uh, a paradise
0: I thought so, too, but they ha- they took her in, and they chained her up next to the big bomb, and they had to steal the bomb to get away from there uh, or steal her because they, were- they made it look like, oh, my gosh, we're going to take her and get her out of there. Yes. Uh, I, I thought it was just – Tied her to the bomb, basically. A coincidence of
1: location where they had gone to the big bomb because it was that was the next part of the plan. But they had the girl there as well, and then the team were there, and then they, you know, did the whole switcheroo thing. Um, but the ultimate plan was to drop the space station on planet Earth, causing it to become even more of a wasteland, while removing her to Mars to rejuvenate Mars.
0: Hmm. Okay. I mean that is what i thought they should be doing but that is not what i thought that they were actually doing now it's also possible that since this was not filmed in the english language that there was some translation errors right
1: i, I that that's my my interpretation of it was that they were that was the point of the girl was to take it to Mars to help um, make it a, a a living, breathing planet that would be under the control of Space Elon. Uh, sorry, the evil guy in the movie, and that um, <laughs> Space that, Elon. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was the point, and and so it would become you know a hyper corporate paradise um, for those who could afford it, and that then the space station would just be dropped on Earth and ruin it even more, so that it sort of a- applied pressure to the people leaving to either becoming a slaves.
0: Right. So in your theory is that she wasn't taken there because this is where this was going to happen, but it was like, oh... She just happened to be there when the bomb was going to happen.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think that's right. I think, you know, when, when they're taking her, like they're in the, in the throes of unleashing all of the, the, the climactic parts of their evil machinations and they happen to both be in the same location. The, the sweepers roll in, did the switcheroo, um, and mm. it just happened to be that they're in the same location. I'm going to have to worry watch this now. You're making me question my own reality, Don.
0: <laughs> right, well if we uh if we find out otherwise maybe we'll patch this in because there's no telling when this particular episode is going to come out um but we'll see so yeah all right from the beginning though i thought they did a great job skipping getting away from the main problem that yeah. i had with the show is me being confused <laughs> um, is they do i thought a great job at establishing uh, the different characters, uh, oh, yeah. the main character, the, the, I guess you can't say point of view character, but the, the jaded broken character amongst all of these other jaded broken characters. Yep. Uh, it really felt like it was somebody's role-playing game that, that this was, this was going on. It felt like, uh, you know, you had this tight crew that obviously a nod towards, and I'm not saying specifically towards Firefly, but a nod towards, um, you know that style of show where you've got that small group who sort of gets along sort of doesn't get along actually it doesn't get along but works together um and i, I, think I it, thought it was pretty neat it makes for an
1: interesting character arc for the characters for the, for the, for, the, for our the protagonists the the people that we're rooting for in the story because you know they're all personally falling apart and then collectively they they're not sort of getting along they're all got misaligned goals and so on and they become unified around the girl and um it takes some of them longer than others but
0: they all despite trying not to yes
1: oh yeah yeah absolutely and they all eventually bond over that and by the end of it what we have is you know this really tight-knit little family group almost and that i think is a great arc for those characters
0: and the I thought the the hey, this is a terrorist organization that is doing all these things and then eventually figuring out they're not terrorists, they're they're eco resistors, right? Their their whole goal is we want to rebuild the earth and we know that these people are doing bad stuff, but they have been cast by the media and the evil corporation, you know, as being terrorists. I, I thought, it the,
1: the themes are in it of um rampant, unfettered capitalism as a uh, an absolute cancer, um, you know, uh, and the messages are sort of that, – that, that also then has, you know, uh, I think a resonance with what we see in the world around us today, you know, at the moment with climate right. change, with uh, misinformation, with greed, uh, all
0: of those things. The inability of the government to cop- cope with super large companies –
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah.
0: All of that's pretty interesting. Uh, it's Okay, so I will say it's not terribly subtle. As oh, things
1: uh, no, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Uh, you know, the other thing I loved about it was it was just so diverse. The, the number of languages that were spoken throughout the movie, uh, you know, it was just phenomenal. You know, it was English, Korean, um, all of these Different languages that were German, spoken yeah. by different, yeah, by different characters throughout. Um, all these different um, nationalities represented. Um, you know that that diversity of the of the setting was just uh, re- something that I really really enjoyed.
0: I loved that. They also they had translators on so they could understand each other when they were speaking their language, but they didn't always translate it for us. Like when the lady was speaking German, it's pretty close to the beginning. There was no subtitles on screen, but you understood sort of oh this is the this is the type of conversation that they're having this is this, this is what's what's going on, and you understood how it was going to sort of drive the plot or drive what was moving without actually seeing what was being said
1: I don't remember that scene specifically, but I always find it interesting when shows have subtitles and when they choose to subtitle things and choose not to I think you know I think oh. for some shows that's a deliberate stylistic choice um but yeah it's it's yeah i don't remember that scene specifically but it's a gonzo fun movie
0: <laughs> well i only remember it because connie turned to me and said don't expect me to translate all that german my german's not that good <laughs> so, and i imagine that maybe it wasn't all just german because of the way they were multilingualizing everything right and so i yeah it was a lot of fun the uh, the bad guy Uh, You had a weird, so I felt there was something behind this. We didn't find out everything about the bad guy, right? No. the main big bad is that he had this infection in him, right? So was he using the girl to keep him from going full on evil bad or was the evil bad somehow part of the tree of life or was he anti-tree? I don't know exactly what all of that is, right?
1: I thought that it was the tree of life that was sort of rejuvenating him, and i, I you know when all of the he would hit these po- points when all of these sort of um vein lines and things are appearing slowly you know progressing over his body and he's slowly getting worse um yeah i i i I sort of got the impression at different times that he was sort of possessed by something um other yes, than himself exactly yeah.
0: No, and that's absolutely true. I really I do feel that there was something that was that was there, but I didn't know. She is obviously of the tree of life. And, you know, I love the tomato scene. Oh yeah. Just a just a lot of fun. Both when she made the tomatoes happen and then when they're like, oh, we need cash. Let's go sell tomatoes. And yeah, that yeah. was brilliant fun.
1: And the, the opportunities for character bonding around those little moments I think was really cool um, because you got all these real, you know, sort of badass characters, you know, these really hard, um, you know, they're, they're in it for the dollar uh, characters who all slowly at different points um you know, that that changes and their relationship to the girl and the relationship to each other changes throughout the movie.
0: Right. Well, yeah. I mean, the hair the hair styling scene or the hair, uh, not the hair styling scene, the, the hair washing scene when it's like, okay, we've got to get you cleaned up to meet your dad. Yeah. And uh, it's like, no, you're doing it wrong. No, you're doing it wrong. And then both <laughs> the guys get kicked out. Uh, and then when you find out the robot is a she, that was like, Connie was like, oh, it's, it's the robot female? I'm like, well, the robot gets to decide whatever it wants to be because it's not fettered by the bodies that we have. But that was really neat. It's like, oh, we're just between us girlfriends. Like, okay, I can now see you as a different kind of character. And, and you sort of felt the transformation of the robot at that point.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, you know, and that plays into the diversity of the movie in the sense that, you know, it's not just about nationalities. It's also about gender identities and things like that. And I really enjoyed that side of the movie and then at the end they're like oh, are you going to change your voice it's this you know the 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 robot after um she's been done up oh she's done up yep. she's been had the, the human skin graft or whatever it was and and um you know and yet speaking with this you know very sort of deep masculine voice um of the, the robot had had all the way through the movie are you, you going to change your voice oh, i'm not sure <laughs> you know it was good
0: fun um, hmm. I guess we haven't talked specifically. We got the, the one character who was the ex cop. You have the captain who is much more skilled than you suspect at the beginning of the show. Uh, everybody is super skilled. That's, that's sort of the other thing is you get a little bit of power fantasy through the characters where you have the good hand to hand fighter. You have the expert with, uh, with ranged weapons. You have the driver uh, and you know, then you have uh, yeah, yeah. R- robot is, um, I guess <laughs> the wild card. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and with the group, you have them sort of all being petty at the beginning. You're like who stole my rice? The robot gets blamed, but, uh, or the captain gets blamed, but it was our, our hero at the beginning. And so they do a good, good job at sort of setting up the petty, uh, bickering that is happening within the group. Uh, to see it resolved at the end when they're all family. It, it's a little syrupy sweet, but I think it's it does show how, you know, through adversity, you can come together. If, it plays if in, you allow yourself to.
1: For sure. It doesn't, you know, and it is completely over the top. It's, it's a gonzo, crazy action, sci-fi adventure, rollicking, fun ride. And yeah, it's syrupy sweet. And yeah, it's, you know, it's... Um, overly dramatic and and all, you know, it's cheesy and all of those different things at different times, but you know, it, it does all of those things, but it leans into them and it does, it, it pulls all of that off. I think it, it's just a really fun movie.
0: And uh yeah. And, and sort of the whole, everybody comes together at the end and it's, it's got all the things that you want and it was excellent pandemic viewing. I feel it's sort of like Tiger King sort of defined the beginning of the pandemic and the, oh my gosh, uh, we're all going to either get together and watch or particularly not watch the Tiger King, depending on who you were. Uh, <laughs> this is sort of an excellent, hey, we're past the hump. We all have to come together and and try and defeat, you know, whatever the big evil in your life is, but that uh, that it's it's a good late pandemic movie because I don't know that it would stand out particularly if we weren't all still starved for entertainment, but I enjoyed it a whole lot.
1: Wow, so science fiction is, I i don't know, I, it's such a hit-and-miss genre at times. I love science fiction, but I think there are a lot of science fiction movies that just don't land. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've got, you know, the, the Expanse, I think, is is absolutely phenomenal. Um, but this is, it, it's... It's not uh, a rehash of, of a Star Trek movie. It's not Star Wars. It's its own thing, and it and it doesn't pull any punches. It doesn't hold back. It leans into its genre heavily. Um, mm. uh, it it is crazy and screams about being crazy and loves it. Um, I, I just, I really enjoyed the energy in the movie. It, it came, I, I felt that it sort of, it occupies a similar place like um, I think Fifth Element, you know, has got a lot of that sort mm. of over-the-top, silly, zany, um, you know, action tropes and craziness going on um, and because it leans heavily into being yeah, its Yeah, actually
0: that's, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, it's its, its own thing, you know, and it, I, I I just think it does it really well.
0: It it does sort of feel like a cross between either Firefly or The Expanse and Fifth Element. I think that you've, you sort of nailed it right there. I'd, I'd heard that comparison made that it had a bit of Fifth Element in it. And yeah, it does feel that sort of larger than life. Everything is super big. Not everything makes sense, uh, but it's, it's a wild ride and we're all going to have a lot of fun with it. So Yeah. I like that. And if we hadn't already told everybody to go away, I think this would be an excellent opportunity for us to talk about the expanse uh, because we've got, you know, time on the clock, but um, I don't know. What time is it there with you?
1: It is half 12. Half (laughs) till or half after half, half after Uh, that's um, Uh half past midnight.
0: (laughs) Okay. Gotcha. Ooh, the expanse. I didn't know you were big into expanse, but I I will, I will say one thing though, is that my tolerance for bad science fiction books is much higher than my tolerance for bad fantasy books. And I don't think that there's enough science fiction television that, you know, that is like high prestige sort of stuff that, that there's even that judgment to be made. It's like, Oh, I liked a person of interest. That's cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah, that's science fiction-y, but it's not really. I mean, it's like you have a little bit of trappings that's a, that's a conceit, but the rest of the world is not that science fiction-y, uh, in, at least not in the earlier seasons. <laughs> I think the,
1: for, for, for sci-fi, the SFX budget, you know, I think is prohibitive, um, you know, in terms of the amount of money that needs to be put forward to make a series or a movie. Um, that science fiction uh, as compared to other genres um, means that, you know, perhaps there is a, you know, uh, a barrier there. Um,
0: I wonder if that's going to change, like the same way that, well, all the publishing tools are becoming available. And we talked about our software there earlier is like, is there going to be the way for someone to, Mm -hmm. I I need spaceship. And so I'm going to put in, style sheet spaceship this and then boom a spaceship is generated and they can use it in a movie in such a way that reads better than or faster or whatever it is makes it better and easier for folks to do this kind of spacey stuff like yeah we got green screens we have this program we're halfway there
1: yeah, I hope so, because I, I, I really do enjoy science fiction, um, whether it's books or, or movies or, or television. Um, but I think there's a, a paucity of good, um, really good science fiction.
0: Yep. All right. Well, I think we've been doing this long enough to let everybody know we're excited about these things. Once again, we talked about Affinity Publisher I talked about watercolor pencils and the movie we talked about was Space Sweepers. So Space Sweepers, Space Sweepers. <laughs> That's every time I think about Space Sweepers, I smile. <laughs> it is it is just silly fun. And oh yeah, I mean it hits on some so, some real topics like all the best science. Uh, well, all the best stories do, but they handle them in a very lighthearted way. In some ways, yeah. The end. Oh my gosh! So as long as we're here at the end. I thought the ending where they're like, "No, no, we carried the bomb with us," and then the flashback to the handoff and the tradeoff. I thought that that was very well done.
1: Yeah, agreed. Agree. I didn't. I. It's one of those things that you you think um, you should see coming, and then it happens at the end, and you're like, "Oh my goodness!" Um, because of course they did. Um, and I, yeah, I really enjoyed that too.
0: Well, and this doesn't look like it's the group of people up front, right? At the beginning of the first half of the movie, you get into the mindset of these are really selfish people Mm -hmm. because of that first big encounter where they, they grab the treasure or the, the salvage from all the other people and they piss off all the other salvagers. And then it's. Yeah. You, you don't expect it because they train you to think that these folks are all selfish as get out, right? As all get out. And then at the end you realize, well, wait a minute, this one guy, he was a policeman. He thought he was doing the right thing. Uh, these other folks, you know, are not necessarily all horrible. They've shown you over the course of the thing that, that they're not all bad people. Yeah. Make it believable. So you're like, oh, Okay. I, I can kind of believe that this is a thing they would do. And then of course, because of the kind of movie that it was, they didn't all die in a darker, more uh, gritty sort of thing. Then the bomb would have gone off or one of them would have gone with the bomb to blow up the bad guy. And at least one of them would have all been completely killed, but it's just not that kind of movie.
1: No. Um, you know, I, and that's the the character arc, isn't it? You know that they they were set up as all of these broken people, um, and yet uh, they managed to overcome their various their various issues. They managed to make connections, to build relationships, to heal uh, to some extent, yep. and in the end, make that decision that you know that the needs of the of, uh, of this. Child, you know, and and, and the, the earth, and the earth. Um, admittedly, the earth is a thing in it. <laughs>
0: no,
1: no, no. Really, um, but still, yeah, uh, bigger than their own, and yeah, and that is character. That, that, that's their character arc, and it was really good. I enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> yeah, can't yeah. wait. There's uh, going
1: to be a space sweepers too, I, for sure. Got to be. I
0: hope there is. I mean, I could absolutely see that. See that happening. Uh, I would watch it. And, they, you know, they've already got all the assets. They might as well do it, right? Oh, for sure. And evil dude's got to survive. You know, maybe, or maybe we'll find out on Mars what was controlling it, right? Maybe it'll be, I mean, it. the character doesn't have to survive, but the thing that was making him hulk out or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Could, could be. But yeah, so he wouldn't have to survive in whole. It could be. He was just the lackey. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, now now that we've hit that part, I think we are done. <laughs> so once again, Giles, where can you be found on the great big wilds of the internet?
1: Uh, you can find me on at uh, Caradoc P on Twitter. That's C-A-R-A-D-O-C-P. Uh, or you can find me at caradocgames.com.
0: And I'm Donald Dennis. You can find me all over the internet as Walspio. And I would like to thank all of you for listening to this show it's been a lot of fun talking with you or, to <laughs> you or at you, whatever. All right. I think we're done. Awesome. That's it for this episode of the Inverse Genius Podcast. The Inverse Genius Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 license. Thank you.